What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 63 of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, Dimitri and I are joined by our good friend, AJI Quinto from Knights of the Apex. The three of us had such a fun time catching up and gearing up, really talking about Total Archery Challenge, talking new bows, his thumb peg, social media, and how he quickly filled his Florida tagged on opening day. So sit back and enjoy this fun episode. Thanks for coming on, AJ. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Till next time. Antler up. And before we get into the episode, I want to thank a few of our partners. And the first one up, we're going to thank Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with his Rhino and his Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail knives are amazing, really for anything, but especially hunting. With his creativity, high-quality materials, and functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leatherwork, makes his products that will last a lifetime. I love my Rhino. I love my Whitetail Blade. Hopefully, uh, Turkey here in Pennsylvania is going to get uh, a chance to cut, cut on that. So check out ShayButlerKnives.com for some awesome custom knives. Onyx Hunting App is the number one hunting app that you can download. And we talked a lot about waypoints the past two weeks and figured what the heck and keep it going because March Madness is going on right now. And while that's happening, we're also having Waypoint Madness Challenge over on their social media page on Instagram. So this is just another aspect of why we think Onyx separates itself from other competitors, just because of the wide variety uh, of waypoints that you're able to choose from. And obviously the colors of which we talked about last week. So don't forget when you sign up for an elite membership, you get exclusive member benefits from Top Rut, Exo Mountain Gear, Vortex, and much, much more. So go download the Onyx Hunt app at onyxmaps.com. Also want to thank our partners over at First Light and be on the lookout because come April, the new Spectre camo will be dropping. With that, First Light's new camo for conservation initiative continues the proud legacy of conservation among among. Uh, hunters everywhere and every time you purchase apparel printed in the new specter pattern a portion of those proceeds will be passed down to their friends over at national deer association and the nda forged in the merger from last year with the qdma uh, and obviously with the nda so the north america's leading whitetail conservation organization that promotes science-based whitetail management advocacy for deer populations and help protect and grow our hunting heritage so go uh check that out when it gets dropped in next um, next month it's crazy it's coming that quick so check it out at firstlight.com and now let's get into the episode and enjoy it antler up so how, how you been dude everything's been great man everything's been great it's been a, a little bit of a whirlwind it's, it's been a busy 2021 we launched that little thumb peg which was uh it'd been more time consuming than i was anticipating but yeah. but good stuff <laughs> and uh yeah i mean got a impromptu turkey hunt in last weekend and that ended up successful like zero scouting or anything and uh gotta love turkey hunting and yeah just trying to keep up and create some content i have a new addiction to jujitsu which i'm trying to now nice. balance with all of the other things that i'm doing but nice. it's been fun man it's been really fun do you uh do you follow brandon lily by chance i don't so brandon lily uh just to give you a quick rundown on brandon he uh when i was doing my student teaching in 2013 uh, I met a buddy of mine, uh, his name is Luke. Actually, this is the second time that he's got brought up on the podcast. Um, but he, uh, 
he's not hunter he's not a hunter by any means he actually lives in the suburbs of pittsburgh and he'll send me photos of like deer he's like come shoot him <laughs> he's like they're driving my dog nuts but anyway he uh he was really into fitness as as to uh was i at the time and we went to the arnold classic and we're oh, cool yeah so we're walking around all the exo expo booths and all that stuff for working out and brandon Lil lily at the time was like a powerlifting champion just a complete just like looked like the like the hercules well do you know like the mountain on game of thrones he was like just just big right well now if you look at pictures of him now he's a totally different person he had i think two or three knee surgeries since then uh he's really into uh archery right now he, he's big with uh bert sorn that we had on the podcast from Sornex, and uh yeah man he's really into jujitsu too himself so he's he's a good dude i'd definitely look him up he has uh his brandon lily page like on instagram and he also has i think it's called like peace love and meat um is also like a little uh, thing he has going on but yeah really kind of it's kind of cool to see how someone's life like just changes like in a you know few years like that well all of these i'm learning all of these small niche worlds are yeah. very overlapped so oh, yeah. in that same vein so my dad was a pro he got his pro card and then he was starting to age out of out of kind of bodybuilding he's just like i'm not going to that next level sort yeah. of deal but uh, where I grew up on Long Island, we had the East Coast Mecca, they called it. It was oh, kind of yeah. like Gold's Gym for the East Coast, and yep. that's where we would train. So, like, I was used to, like, you know, you'd be, like, doing flies in the mirror, right? And you never wear a red hoodie because you don't know if Kai Green's going to be right yep. behind you doing the same thing. And you just totally squash your ego. Yep, yep. But, yeah, it was uh, – it's uh, so you have that world and then now with the and it was always funny like seeing guys that like were also into archery and bow hunting there because long island's got like a very cult hunting following to it and then now with the jujitsu world like you just start talking about like what you're doing on the weekends and like you realize half the guys are shooting too and you're like well okay there's there's the same personalities yep yep that's pretty sweet man no that's awesome i uh it's kind of cool that i know exactly who you're talking about with kai green and the east coast <laughs> mecca gym and everything like that yeah i was um i was big into i'm sure you would recognize the universal and animal product stuff uh yep. yeah they're new jersey boys so it's pretty mm -hmm. pretty funny stuff man we're able to connect on that type of stuff too um i like your sweatshirt you got going on little domain outdoor buddies mike and tim out there it's funny because these I was talking to guys from Domain for such a long time, and I was like, "Look, man, like we have guys in the crew that like I hunt with that are big on the you know the supplements and the stuff. I'm I don't know about it, yeah. but like, so I'm gonna tell you to send the product to them so we can test it, and then send me the hoodie because I'll wrap, <laughs> I will wrap a hoodie, but I, I'm not the guy to tell you. Well, you know this works great, this doesn't. So yeah, my uh my dad's actually working with. Uh, they sent them some stuff to to mess with in the the food plots and things like that that we're we're trying to develop. So I'm I'm excited because that's supplementing has made a big difference on uh, on our properties the last couple of years. Awesome. Well, we love to hear that. Cause yeah, we were just out there today and in, in, in one of our food plots that we we're going to be planning this spring, and we were kind of going over of what we wanted to do and and kind of looking up for how we're going to set up a stand in that location as well today. Yeah, we did that, and we are. Uh, we went down, I had a Tacticam, one of those reveal cameras, the cell cameras mm -hmm. down there. And I just had it off for the past month just because our snow was past basically the the camera. So we went down there and uh, right before we left, I, I hit activate again to turn it on. And uh, we brought some of Domain's recharge mineral 
uh, stuff down there. And four, <laughs> four hours later, my phone's just been blowing up with, with the deer herd already just going at it, which is awesome. I've, I've never had something like a product, like a mineral work get on camera like that fast. You know what I mean? I've, you know, you could throw out corn and all that stuff, like whatever, but it, this has been the, the fastest stuff that uh, deer have popped up on camera when we laid it down. So it's pretty cool stuff, man. They're, they're good people. That podcast we did with them was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been catching up on that one. The one with bird store and I listened to on a recent road trip. Um, and then there are a couple other ones that I'm like halfway through. I gotta yeah. like go back and, and finish up. But good. yeah, you guys have been uh, talking to like, I'm like, Oh, these are all of my favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey man, our first podcast, we said we we're like cut from the same cloth. Like I swear, if you lived here, man, we'd be, always heading out and doing stuff. But, um, what else you been up to? You, I, like you said, you got, we'll talk about the Turkey hunt and you're busy doing the thumb peg thing. Like, you know, just for those that have, have no idea, um, just because, uh, another person that we just kind of found, well, I kind of knew of average Jack archery, but I didn't realize that he's legit. Like AJ, he lives 20 minutes down the road. Um, I was, I was going to ask, cause yeah, the, I know he's a Pennsylvania guy. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how close you guys were to him. Yeah. He lives, uh, cause there's a shop that he works at that is, it's mm-hmm. called Jim's sporting goods. They sell not only archery and hunting equipment, but I mean, you name it, bat, baseball, softball, basketball, football, golf, and fishing. Uh, just here in a little town called Clearfield, which is exactly 20 minutes down the road. So, um, I saw like, cause you have your not video for your, uh, limb driven rest and he came out with one and i watched and he's like i had no idea that aj had this video which if i don't do a good job go watch his um so it's kind of cool just to see how uh what's going on so if people don't know which you know this will be three times on the podcast man i'll let's have you back let's <laughs> we're gonna make you a co-co-host um pretty soon what uh what's the thumb peg what what's going on with that so the the thumb peg was I've been shooting Carter releases for the last couple of years. Um, the the knock Dudley's knock on series, and I've got medium sized man hands. You know, yep. pretty me. And let me grab one. It's yeah. right behind me. So I've got I got medium sized hands. You know, and the one thing that I know personally shooting is the first thing to go whether I'm cold, uncomfortable. If I've taken some time off and I'm getting back into putting reps in, the tension in both my front and my back hand are the things that throw off my shots. And they're the things that I have to mentally work through first when I'm getting back into my process. Like right now I'm getting ready for tack again. Like that's one of the things I'm really cognizant of. I've got a whole new setup. Yep. Um, and one of the things that always, the, it, it wasn't like a problem, but it was something that I felt like I was always working around was with the original thumb knob it's like a barrel design on the carter releases uh it's you could work with it but you kind of had to adjust the torque in your fingers to get that thumb peg to be in the same place each and every time right so uh, talking to the guys from quattro archery over in south africa we've become friends over the last couple of years you know i've done a lot of uh, content for them for their stabilizers that they make and i was just talking to the the owner about it and i was like hey man like i've had this idea i've approached a couple of different people about it no one's jumped on it could you guys just make me one um and you know they they sent me like a little prototype just a little bare finish aluminum prototype and all it is is it's a, an aluminum bracket that you can slide up and down and it's just got now we're using allen heads but we were originally using flathead screws so you could tighten it in the field with a knife but then everybody hated that so we moved to allen screws and uh the the peg itself you can move to either side of the rest arm 
And then the actual peg, what I liked and what I wanted out of it was I wanted a flat surface that's concave. So your thumb, you can one adjust using the slider bracket, the exact position and the length of pull of the thumb itself. Cause the way I like to fire my, my, my thumb releases is I almost use like a hinge. I just relax my index finger and just let that pressure build on my thumb until it fires. That's how I avoid the target panic, the punching of the trigger. Right. Um, so for me, I want that consistent. I just wanted something that was more consistent than just a round barrel. Cause even with the aggressive knurling with gloves or when you were cold, I just, I felt like I was always searching for that same spot. So with this, it's got a really defined edge to it. So it just nestles in that that crease of your your thumb. Right. Um, and I've been running this. I've been shooting a, a B3 uh, Omega Pro release, and I've been running one on the, that too. And it's just I've just really liked a lot. So it's something that I just personally wanted, and the guys from Quattro liked. And then we started selling them on the website. So I haven't, you know, I haven't put out like a promo video for it or anything. It's one of those things where like guys either see it and they're like, what is that? I want it. Or if it's not for you, it's not for you. But it's one of those things that I've just really liked. And uh, it's helped. It's weirdly helped me clean up my left and rights because I'm not torquing my hand anymore. Okay. So I I think that's really what it comes down to is just the fact that I'm taking tension out of my hand. Those you know, a couple of shots where like, if I do punch it a little, I'm not throwing it quite so much. Right. Well, I, I'll, I'll, um, I'll put you on the spot here because, uh, those of anybody that kind of knows me knows I'm a, a big klutz. And, uh, the other day I was, uh, out working on, uh, I've, I've received my Carter knock to it back just because I had a, an accident where in the garage I was with Nora and I was, I had it rested on the one thing on, uh, my, my tabletop and it got knocked off and when it hit my garage floor the barrel snapped and caused the the trigger sear there that what the butt goes in uh broke so i sent it to them they fixed it with no questions asked i just told them what happened uh and it came in but now here's the other part where again just shows how clumsy i am the other day i finally was like oh I i could finally put my thumb peg in that i bought from aj and uh as i was putting it in uh I did not drop it, but as I was trying to screw, because I've I've got one that still has the flathead on it, um, and the screw came out, and on my black floor, I cannot find the screw. <laughs> oh, so we'll, we'll get you no. So, more so the, in, so the, I'll the, send you a pack. Yeah, I just need the, I just need the, the screw itself. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I I agree with everything you said. Like immediately when I was just before I tightened anything down and was messing with it, I really like how you were saying for some people that might be the the natural fit and that's what it felt like more for and it was a consistent feel um you know so anybody that does shoot a thumb button like you're able to put that on there i i highly encourage it not just because aj is a good friend of mine and he's on here but i'm i'm being wholeheartedly it's a it's a really nice little feel in addition to that so kind of like what you said though the the barrel the the gnarled barrel just did not i don't know it just did not be consistent for me yeah and it was uh you know we definitely released it i've been using it for the last couple months and i like it we're going to continue like thinking about like do we want to because we want to keep it cheap right Right. to your point because i've dropped my release countless times and one of the reasons we made it aluminum was to keep it nice and light and inexpensive so if you do drop it or whatever could possibly happen at least you mess up 
the peg and not the release itself because I know that's that's been something that I think even Dudley's mentioned just having the heavier weight of some like even those brass barrels it puts more pressure on that rest arm so you'll break that rest arm as opposed to yeah. just dinging up the the trigger or the yeah. itself now now what's your opinion on we we talked about this on our a podcast that we have coming out actually this week of why we were thinking about wrist strap over thumb bunt and you know what we like about both of them uh why we'd pick one over the other you know can you explain of what your thoughts are on someone maybe getting into uh archery and if they can't decide if they want to go wrist strap or thumb button uh what you would recommend their uh thought process be on choosing one of those so I'm going through this with my wife right now. I, I spent all day. We we went, we were getting ready to go to the archery shop to try every woman's bow or, or and bow that fit her under the sun. And I gave her no preface other than we took one of those, uh, you know, basically a piece of D loop and a release and we just practiced with it. And she practiced with the handheld with me. And then when we got to the, the range, she also used the wrist strap. And uh, the feedback, this is someone who's brand new, fresh to archery. Uh, was it was simpler and more secure to have the wrist strap for her, but she felt like she could pull the bow back easier with the handheld, with wow. the thumb button. That's surprising. It, that's surprising because usually it's the reverse. That's pretty neat. The other thing she mentioned that I thought was pretty intuitive, she, felt, she said that the hand release felt more consistent because the wrist strap was moving on her. Mm. So she didn't have it strapped down the same exact way or if it was under her shirt or something that it was less consistent. So personally, like I, for me, I think there's advantages to both. I know it, I was very reluctant to switch and now I haven't gone back to the wrist straps since it's gotta be two, three years ago now that I went to the handheld. And I, before that I had messed around with like cheaper handhelds going back to 2012, 2013, um, and I would always go back and forth for a number of reasons. And, you know, finally, when I found a, a handheld, that was just a quality one. And I was, I just dedicated myself to it. I haven't gone back just because I find I'm more consistent and I hold more consistent. Um, and that seems to be the case with, uh, with people, but you, it's one of those things where like, you need to put in the time now. It, yes. It's not if you're considering a handheld, don't do it in September. Like you have to do that right now because it, it is a whole other learning curve. Like I was saying before, the first thing for me that goes are my hands. That's the first thing to atrophy in my shooting. So um, we were shooting at 100 and 110 today, me and a buddy getting ready for tack. And, uh, and you know, that was one of the things that I had to spend special attention to in my mind going through my shot process was – Where's my hand? Am I relaxing it? Don't relax too much. All right. Thumbs in the right spot. Re relax, relax, pull back, fire. Nice. No, no that's good. That's, uh, I love that you're already out to 110. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in the garage about five yards just working on the shot process. <laughs> so, Florida, advantages of yeah, Florida. Yeah, advantages right? of Florida. So, yeah, we just uh, had about 30 inches of snow melt, so we finally can see the grass. Yeah crazy man. well yeah i mean talking about tack like you got to put in those reps first right like my I, I i'm not a john dudley and aaron snyder like i've got a nine to five i've got limited time so like for me if i've got a brand new setup which i do this year like i'm trying a new release trying a new site just got a new bow in two new bows so um you know for me i've got to put those hours in to now learn the balance points 
you know, what can I, like, as I've gotten older, I've, I used to be the dude that would obsess about having everything perfectly dialed. And now what's funny is like, I'll meet guys on the range and stuff and, and guys that like know the page and they'll be surprised that like my D loop is half frayed. My site, my third axis isn't even like leveled. Like I've got something hanging up. Cause usually I'm working on other people's bows and arrows and stuff now. And like, I, but I've gotten to a point where I know what I can get away with and still be target effective depending on what I'm going out to do. Right. And that's like where I want to get with everything. I, I don't want to have to be so dialed because or I'm dialed, but I don't need my equipment to be so dialed because nothing's ever perfect in the woods. I want to be like, I want to know my gear and myself well enough to know, okay, I can get away with this being fudged or like when, if you travel out West and you're an Eastern guy last year, my site was five yards off, but it was five yards off at every distance. So I just had to do that math every target because whether it was elevation, the humidity, whatever it was, my bow was shooting five yards fast. So it's like, okay, no big deal. Every target add five yards and that was, or subtract five yards. And that was it. It was, you know, that, that's where you want to get to. That's awesome. Well, I mean, we're talking about tack. Let's just keep rolling with tack. I like that. Which uh, which one events are you uh, attending this year? So I'm planning on going to Montana, and then we'll see about Utah. But I think uh, Montana for sure. I just haven't been there. I really want to go visit that state. So hopefully, uh, make a little trip out of it. Get a couple of guys together and head out there. You guys are, I'm sure, doing the PA one. Yeah, yeah. we're we're doing the PA one. Are you doing? Because uh, the Montana is usually in July. Is what's the date on that one? I want to say it's around like the 17th. It's the yeah. second to last weekend. And then I think Utah is the last weekend. Right. Cause I remember looking at it last year. Cause me and the missus, we wanted to go to Montana just to do like a trip and stay in a cabin. I was like, well, it'd be fun to coordinate a tack also <laughs> trip. And when I told her that she was like, that's a no go. So that would have been really, really sweet. But, uh, yeah, that that sounds like a trip of a lifetime because that's right around our anniversary. Our anniversary is the twenty first, so I was like, "Hey, we could go out. We could do a cabin thing." And uh, total archery challenge is out there. She was like, "Jer, I will kill you." And I was like, "All right, never mind." So, I, so, so I did that for my wife and I's anniversary two years ago. Vermont, the Vermont tax fell on our anniversary. So one day, you know, I, I let her know I was going to do that. I was like, babe, it's only going to be one day. Yep. You know, that one day comes around. I'm like, all right, dad's here. Like, I'm going to go meet him for breakfast. And we'll go. she's like, what do you mean your dad's here for our anniversary? <laughs> You're going to like go shoot bows all day. But it was all right. She was fine. She was very understanding. I, I'm very blessed to have the wife that I do. But I could, I could yeah, only, that did not go over how I envisioned it. Yeah, I could only imagine like me just like, packing my bow and her being like what the hell are you thinking right now like why do you need your bow <laughs> that's good stuff so montana and possibly utah um yeah we we have the pa1 and uh, we're excited for that that's the first weekend in june and um what's nice though is like how you were saying about training for that um you know like you said florida you have the advantage of plus two like so let's look at this like just from other people's perspective uh, you have what you have Florida weather, uh, you've had your bows for a few months now for both of them, depending on which setup you really want to dive into for taken for, for tack. Um, you know, like we're just, we're just going to be able to get outside one. And we just got our bows that we're going to be shooting the, the prime nexus for each of us actually. Um, and, uh, so yeah, man, we're going to, well, the thing I keep telling myself is we have three months basically to hone in and, and get ready and, and train and have fun with it. 
I, for me and like how I train, so I train for tack the same way I train for hunting season. Okay. So like I'll put in, except it's on a shorter scale, right? Because tack's coming up way quicker. So like I have new setup, I'll put in, try and get those 10,000 hours in as quickly as possible. Right. Like do those high rep days. And then, but I don't, I only did that. I did that actually last month. So like February into a week ago, I was just in my backyard shooting 20, 30. That's all I can get to. Yep. Um, just getting used to the new bow, the grip, the balance, everything else. The arrows are really the only thing that I'm running. That's exactly the same and the rest. Um, so I've been just putting those reps in and then leading up to the event, same thing I do for hunting season for me, like tack is only one shot each target for 25 targets, right? You're not doing, you know, three, four shots each round on each target and hunting is the same thing, right? So for, for me, what I started doing, uh, two years ago and has really helped me is I just shoot one arrow every round. Okay. So whether it's in my backyard or, you know, I'll do those high rep counts to get that muscle memory. But once I've developed that muscle memory and I can come anchor and, you know, pretty much blank bell with my eyes closed, you know, confidently. Um, then after that I'll go do like, I, I only have so much time in the day. So like I'll do one arrow and make that arrow count every single time, go through my whole shot process, pretend that's the only shot I get to take for the day walk down, think about that shot, see where it hit, diagnose why it hit where it hit, and then think about that for the whole walk back and do that every time. Because I know for me personally, if I'm shooting three, four arrows and I have a flyer, it's real easy for me to discount that and not learn the lessons okay. that I need to from that flyer and just say, ah, I probably, I shanked that one, you know, without like looking into, well, why did you shank that one, right? Like, right. and you, we don't have that opportunity in the woods and attack, that's your $20, $30 arrow gone. So uh, for me, it's helped clean up my process a lot, like just doing one arrow at a time for those last couple of weeks going in. Yeah, so here's here's what I wanna ask, just because I've done one event only um, as far as Total Archery Challenge. Demetria has yet to do one. And you know, you could go on Archery Talk, you could check out certain Facebook groups and you'll see, hey, I just signed up for my first Total Archery Challenge. You know, whether it be PA, Vermont, you know, Tennessee or the the big events like Utah and Montana, you know, what, like when you say, like, I'll, like you said, you'll read those posts and you're like, what do I got to know? You know, what, t tell me your, your couple things and what are you, if you're typing on a, rep a reply to someone or you, or you could help Dimitri out, you know, what, what, uh, advice or things would you let those individuals know? You got to be dialed and know your equipment going in. Right. And then, there's only so I think people uh, stress out about the distance and the angles too much. Yeah. And there's a lot of co great content on shooting that now there wasn't a couple of years ago, but like I know Dudley's putting out great content on that. So watch that, but you only have so much power to replicate it. And if you can't replicate it, like I live in a state that's completely flat, I'm never going to replicate the same wind angles hiking that you're going to have in Montana or Utah. It's just not going to happen. So for me, I, I focus on what I can focus on, which is reps and then working on those little things like, okay, I can't replicate an 80 yard, you know, crazy cut across a, a ravine sort of thing. But what I can do is I can get in as many reps as I can at weird angles. So like for me, I, whether it's, whether we're talking, you know, weightlifting, like we were talking before, or, you know, archery, or even, you know, posting code of stuff, convenience is key for me. If, if it's in front of me, I will do it. Like my little code cape, I've got my kettlebells here. 
cameras right there, my laptop that I work on in front of me, right? And, and it's right next to my nine to five job laptop too. So archery is the same thing. And instead of buying like one really expensive elk target for my backyard, I started buying just a couple of cheap Delta McKenzie bag targets. I throw one in my car and then I leave, like I'll leave one places that I frequent a lot and I'll bring my boat everywhere. So I have one of my in-laws, you know, I have one for if we go to the range and, you know, so I can throw it out at weird distances and then practice those shots when you can, like from a truck bed or in a tree stand or just so you have a little familiarity. And, and I would say, watch those, that, that content that's out there from Dudley and guys like that on those angles and try and then, okay, what were they talking about when they said lean into the mountain? And then if you can replicate that on a smaller scale, you'll just have that much more confidence when you get to tack. But really it's one of those things where if you've never experienced it before for you guys, you live in Pennsylvania, so you know what the terrain is going to be like. Right, right. But if you're a guy coming from the East coast, going out West, just take it all in, enjoy it. Like don't put pressure. There's no prize at the end. So just go have fun, meet as many people as you can. Cause like you'll meet some incredible people in the industry and just people are from around the country that you would have never met otherwise. And everybody's very like-minded. It's super like open outgoing community and just enjoy it. Don't put pressure on yourself to, you know, 12 ring every target. Cause who cares at the end of the day, just have a good time. Know you're probably going to lose some arrows and it's okay. Just make the most of it. Take some pictures because you're going to want to remember it. Yeah. I always remember the foam is home from hearing from a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> foam is home. They're like, it's like in the neck and you're like, yeah. I got it in the target. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Yeah. The last target on the sick of course last year was a hundred and two yard sheep target. And it was under a pine tree and I hit it in the uh curl of the horn and i was like foam is home baby that's 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 good stuff that's awesome it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i'm excited i I, kind of like what you said it's one of those things where you're getting together with a bunch of people like-minded individuals i'm excited for dimitri to you know just because i love watching him shoot he's a really good shot and comfortable with what he does and uh, you know, it's just, will be fun to get up there with a bunch of friends and some, we know a lot of people coming and, and, uh, I hope to be able to shoot with them all, or at least get a chance to hang out with them. So well, that's what the great thing about it being in June is shooting that far. And, and when you come back home and starting to gear up for the season, you're, you're definitely yeah. not shooting that far. And some of those targets you get 40, 40, 50 yards after shooting over a hundred. I mean, they yeah. look like they're about 10 steps away. So, yep. I mean, that's always a huge plus. And then what's, I really learned practicing for Utah at those extended distances is when you come back to, I mean, I remember I was came back to 20 yards and I'm like, Holy cow. I feel like <laughs> I'm stepping on this deer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your, your anchor points different. You come back to 20 and you feel like you're eating your strength compared <laughs> to how it was at it's 60, 70, 80. Yeah. Our, uh, yeah, so we're, we're excited. I'm excited for, for, uh, see, I always love when you, uh, do your content out there doing the, the total archery challenge stuff. I know last year you had this opportunity to still head out to Utah cause, uh, Utah and I think Montana is still, and then call was Colorado still on last year. Colorado was, yeah, I think they eked that one out. I think it, uh, that's an, that's one I've heard great things about. I heard yeah. you, uh, Colorado's an awesome, awesome Because that's a newer shoot. one, I'm, right? That's a newer uh, I, venue, I think. 
last year might have been the first year if i'm not mistaken yeah i think so to be honest with you no that's awesome like i said we're, we're pumped we're ecstatic and talking bows you got the new evil and you have the uh, expedite going so which one uh which one are you liking i mean i know you're liking both but i mean you're threading hairs probably but uh I, you you went not totally crazy different setups but what are you doing anything crazy differently I think I learned a lot from the expedite and now I'm testing those lessons on the EVL now. Okay. So the, the expedite felt, and yeah, it's not a terrible position to be in no. um, <laughs> having no. both of those bows. Like I am very much aware. I have nothing to complain about. I love both of the bows. You know, PSC has been a great company to me and I can't thank them enough, but yeah, they, uh, both bows are awesome. The Expedite to me felt very much like my NXT 31 from 2020 Okay. on all of the steroids. It's just so fast, but the bow is actually, it, everybody asks like, well, does it feel like a speed bow? And other than the brace height, there's nothing speed bow about it. It's the same exact cams as the rest of the PSE lineup. So if you like the NTNs or any of those bows, you know, you're going to like the draw cycle on the, the Expedite. It's just, you know, is that brace height? Maybe if you're a longer draw length shooter, that might impact the its forgiveness and stuff. So the one thing I went crazy heavy with that expedite setup. So I, I had my five hour quiver on there. I ran a 15 inch on the front and then a, a 12, 10 inch stabilizer on the back. And then I have my spot hog and I had the hamski. Now I've got the QAD on there and uh, I had the spot hog fast Eddie XL. And it's a great size, just really heavy. Um, so B3 this year came out with their exact rise hunter, which is a new site. So I put that on because with the, with the EVL, that bow PSC did a really good job making that bow very well balanced. I would, I compare it a lot to the prime Nexus cause they feel very similar. Okay. Um, and I, I love both of those bows. Um, but the, the thing that I love about both of those bows is the balance point of those bows and the way the grip is and how it continues to be balanced after the shot right like with with the evl and those primes most bows you're shooting and you're trying to figure out how can i make this balance better with accessories with those bows i feel like i i was trying to figure out the formula for how can i not screw this bow up because it's already <laughs> very well balanced so for me i you know i, I put that b3 sight on there because it's a lot lighter i went to a three pin because the bow is the EVL is a lot quieter than the Expedite, so okay. that's probably going to be my hunting bow. Um, and then it's about 10 feet per second slower, which is as advertised. So, um, and for hunting, you know, especially whitetails, I'm going to do a trip to Ohio this year. Nice. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not so concerned with with that. I, I'll take the lack of speed for the quieter bow. Um, I got ducked even with the Expedite at 30 last year. So, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know which one I'm going to take to tack because oh, it'd be nice to have that speed for some of those branches. They like to put out at perfect, you know, arcs <laughs> to yep. screw you up. Um, so I really don't know which one I'm, I'm going to take. I went down a whole rabbit hole there with, with both of the bows. But, yeah, I, I like both of them. As far as, like, I, I like that setup. Just I like having the front and back bar now. I've gotten used to it. Um, my, my The one thing I was searching for was just how to make it lighter. And the way I found to make the bow at least feel lighter is to try and bring the weight above your hand closer to your hand. So, like, my sight is pretty far down um and then i have it set up so the bulk mass weight of the site is mounted lower and closer to my hand and then the housing is actually higher up but that 
that and having the rest in closer, it puts less torque and creates less of a pivot point uh, above your hand. So it makes the overall bow feel light, not lighter, but more balanced. That plus the the more stabilizer weight at the bottom helps create more of that pendulum effect that you're not like fighting, a, a kind of like holding a dumbbell up with one right, hand sort of right. deal. So like a Matthews bow. Yes, like a Matthews bow. <laughs> well, and you you did shoot most of the new flagship bows this year, and you did a lot of reviews and videos on that. But can you maybe, if someone that's in the market for a new bow, go through some of those bows that you shot and then discuss some of the things that you liked and some of the things uh, you didn't like? Like we said on our podcast that's about to come out is, is you know, this is our opinion, so everyone's is going to be a little different, so don't take it for granted. Uh, and we only shot a couple of the new bows. We right. haven't really been able to get out there. Uh, so our opinions are very limited, but you actually were out there shooting, doing videos, putting a lot of reps through a lot of those bows. Can you kind of go through each one of those and and give us a little uh, background on each? If someone's in the market for a new bow, they might be able to hear this and, and kind of get some tips before they go to the pro shop. For sure. And it was hard doing all those videos. I actually, by the end, I hated doing it because all of the bows are so great that anything you say, like I'm a PSD guy and I had people hanging on to some of the things I said that were like just honest opinions of PSCs, like marketing and things like that. And people were ripping me, like pissed at me about it. So like I, I'm very uh, tuned into the fact that like, because these bows are so tightly competitive that people are going to over dramatize when you say like anything. Yeah. So they're, they're, let me start out by saying all the 2020 bows phenomenal like i was i had low expectations because the last couple of years you've seen slight improvements year after year and i really think a lot of the manufacturers did their best in a weird time to bring forward like they listened to their customers and brought forward something that was at least something someone was asking for out right. there right like whether or not you like the new hoyt bows right because i think they made the biggest changes out of everybody hoyt responded to critics of hoyt for the last couple of years and they put out a bow that they thought would compete and answer a lot of those questions. Um, and we can start out with the, with the Hoyts. Cause I think that's probably the one that like people seem to discuss the most and they just got hacked. So I feel bad for them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, plus, you know, their, their bows always got erectile dysfunction. For yeah. 2021, so it's just, uh, they, they just they got a little chub going on. Yeah. That's how much they like that bow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but, uh, yeah, it looks aside. I mean, the, the Hoyt bows are awesome. I'm a Hoyt fan. I grew up shooting Hoyts, watching my dad shoot Hoyts first flagship bows of Hoyt. I, I love Hoyt as Same a company, here. like you looked know. up to them. Yeah. Um, and the new bows are, are awesome. The, the, they feel great. They're quieter and more dead in the hand than the previous year's Hoyts, but they, they had to sacrifice some of the, steady holding sensation that they had in years past because they don't have those yokes anymore right. so when they got rid of those yokes and they moved to that binary cam it seems like they and they had no choice right you had to sacrifice something to gain somewhere else that's just kind of how the bows are right now um so for them i think they lost a little ground in stability whereas they were kind of right there with prime in terms of stability now i think prime and psc really have that part of the market kind of cornered um, they have just the best holding bows um, and the Hoyts are kind of like all rounders, you know, they're depending on your draw length, they're, they're either very fast or very slow, which is something that was really frustrating for me is I was hoping with their new modules and their new cam systems, they were going to sort that out because every other 
manufacturer on the market has a cam that you can tune to like 25 to 30 inches of draw length without sacrificing crazy performance. But the Hoyt, they have some serious dips and and rises in their performance depending on the cam. So if you're somebody who cares about speed, and I know some people don't, it's just something to take into account. Um, So that was something that left me a little frustrated. But overall, I love the bows. I thought they're, especially the Ventum 33, great bow. Um, The carbon models, uh, personally, again, my opinion, I don't, I, I'm not a carbon like guy to begin with. I don't have PSE makes carbon bows. I don't have any of those bows either. Um, I, I just, for me, I, I like a heavier bow. So, I, so for me, it doesn't justify the added cost. And now with the Hoyt, the, the new carbon bows are just as heavy as the aluminum bows. Yeah. So for me, it mm-hmm. really doesn't justify the cost. Right. We talked about um, that. We talked about that for the, for that, what's coming out. We were just saying like there was the venom was fully set up. Uh, had they actually the the one at the shop was even had like a back bar along to go along with the chub out front and uh when i grabbed that one and then grabbed the the rx5 i was like it's just about as heavy like holy mm-hmm. cow like i mean you could obviously it was a little lighter because it wasn't set up but at the same time i'm like this weighs almost like it, that weighed heavier than our prime setup and mm-hmm. ours is the four you know what i mean like i don't know i was just really really shocked like if you're in the like you said if you're in the, a carbon bow point of the part of a carbon bow is for it to you know not be cold and to be lighter mm-hmm. like and that just uh, i mean i don't know yeah and if you care about the not being cold i mean how many guys wrap their risers with right you know tennis tape or be, uh, mm-hmm. baseball tape anyway and then the primes their new grip you know, I, I think Prime did an awesome job with that new grip. Yeah. Um, that was a genius, just an ingenious little innovation doing that. I thought that grip felt great. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Prime's grip. I liked the angle, but I didn't like how skinny it was before. And right. but their mm-hmm. new grip, uh, I was a big fan of. I think they did a, a, a big job, a uh, big job. I thought they did a great job with that. And they made a couple little tweaks that were good. And, and I think the important thing, like people lose sight of certain things like like prime gets ripped on a lot because their bows have more vibration than some of the other bows on the market but people don't realize that the reason the primes have more vibration is because they also have the stiffest risers in the industry they have the least riser flex and torque of any of the other manufacturers so you know there's always you're giving up something to gain somewhere else in any type of performance engineering so it's just important to figure out like which one of these meets my demands and what i'm going to put it through and what i need from it right yeah, because yeah. there's going to be no perfect bow out there, right? Yeah. I mean, you go every bow you could talk about, there's at least one negative, right? And you got to kind of decide which one matters the least to you, right? And which one feels more comfortable when you're shooting each one. Yeah. And you have to, it's so hard because we all do the same thing when we go test the new bows. We blank bail them at five yards at our local shop, right? Sight unseen, no accessories on there. Probably a whisker biscuit and, you know, maybe a 400 grain arrow. So you're not getting a true sense of anything really from doing that other than draw cycle. Um, And even then that's what was, so it was really interesting to me taking my wife shooting and we shot all of the new bows that which were none of the flagships because she's only 24 inch draw length. So we were pretty limited uh, there, but um, it was really interesting to me, like listening to someone who knows nothing about archery go through that process because she was picking bows based on how smooth they were to pull. I expected her to just pick up the Hoyt Eclipse and, and say, we're getting this one because it's the coolest looking 
of the bows. If I didn't know any better, I would have like right. picked that bow out of the women's field of bows. Um, but she was narrowing it down to bows that were even lower price points, but and slower, but they were just easier to hold point and and pull back for, which is pretty interesting. I think a lot of people look past that. Um, you know, Matthews has sold a ton of bows the last couple of years. They're great bows, um, but I think people the people that don't stick with them are usually the ones that come to find that the way they balance and the, the way their grip is and the way their their the valley is when they're in a tree stand isn't as comfortable as you know what their lack of noise and vibration may lead you to believe when you're just shooting in a shop and they're still awesome awesome bows but it's one of those things where like if you don't know anything about bows and you go in and shoot it the the matthews is going to win you over real quick because it there's it's so not violent it's like shooting it's the 22 of the the archery worlds but you know it's packing 300 win mag you know performance out of it so like on paper yes it's it's a great bow but if if it's not the best bow for everybody otherwise everyone would just be shooting matthews right yeah i mean i'm throw i'm that guy yeah the only thing i have a a bone to pick with matthews is if you're gonna put out three different bows and they're gonna be very similar at least change the name a little bit not have a v (laughs) at the beginning of each one well what's funny is i so i put out my first impression video pretty quickly on the v3 and I got ripped on because I said, like, guys, if you liked Matthews the last couple of years, you're going to like this bow. But there's not a whole lot different. Like, they made a lot of changes that had incremental. But, it like, overall, the bow felt very similar. And they even called it a V3. Like, they know it's a verdict. You don't get mad at me. And then Garrett <laughs> Weaver put out the same video, and he got ripped on, too. I was like, at least I'm not alone now. You yeah. know, like, yeah. I'm glad. It's a great bow. But whereas, like, a lot of the other companies, you could tell they were trying to expand their market share. Matthews is like this is what got us to the dance. Like we've been crushing it with this formula and there's nothing wrong with right, that. Like right. if you, if you're a Matthews guy and I know a lot of diehard Matthews guy that bought the V3 that had the last couple of years bows. But if you weren't a Matthews guy and you didn't like what they did before, you're not going to all of a sudden be sold on the V3. That's all I meant by that. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's the one thing too, like to kind of like go back, like, yes, we're shooting prime, but you know, I, I've owned, Two Matt, I've owned the math uh, Matthews verdicts. I've owned the mm-hmm. BXR uh, twenty eight, and a couple years prior to that, I owned the Hoyt Pro Defiant, and I shot that Pro Defiant better than either one of those Matthews, and I always regretted selling that thing just because I was like, man, like the grass wasn't greener on this side, and I shot the Black Three from Prime, and the thing that sold me was the hold, the balance, and. I remember the first time that I took that to my in-laws and shot it out out 65, 70 yards. And I was standing there at full draw. And I just remember being so like, wow, I'm not fighting my peep. I'm not trying to fight my balance. I'm, I'm here. And what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like let's party. And I just, you were able to repeat that and kind of like what you said, the things that certain other bow manufacturers did were just tweaked that little bit of, of whatever uh like whether it be the like you said for prime it was adding that new grip and the thing too like you have individuals that love their that original grip just because of the way it felt it was always like just for me it just always felt like uh, it's in the same spot same spot same spot you know like matthew's like i almost like was like okay where does it feel am i here am i there what, what's going on uh but it's almost the same exact feel as far as for for me with with this new nano grip technology 
And just a little bit like I, we were laughing because we said it in the podcast, you know, like how you were saying about the vibration, like some of these bows, man, there, there's a, like you are splitting hairs when it comes to that. When people are like, man, that hand truck was like crazy. It's like, like, come on. Don't get me started with hand shot. We need to kill that yeah. term just yes. completely. If, if these are the same guys that complain that their AR has too much recoil, you know, like it's just <laughs> like, like if any of the new bows have too much hand shot for you, maybe just like don't go hunting because it's uncomfortable yeah. in the woods. Like it gets cold, you know, like it's just a lonely place. Like it's just, this might not be the, the weekend endeavor for you. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> I just, I, I think, you know, and you also have to take into account when is that quote unquote hand shock happening? It's happening after the the arrow is already released from the bow. Mm, right. Like I, it's one of those things where I had to actually go back for all of the new bows and shoot them again and pay attention to the hand shock because it was so minimal Right. that it just was, to me, it was inconsequential. And then when you do that, I think the Matthews, they still have the leading edge in terms of oh, lack yeah. of vibration. And then everyone else is playing for second place. But it's, again, it's so minimal that it really doesn't matter. If you want to talk about sound, that's a different story. Like I'll, and even that, like I, most of the bows have very similar noise profiles. You hear the string hitting the string stop more than anything else. Yep. It, it's not like that crack like it used to be in years past. I think all the manufacturers did a great job. Um, and we were talking about weight before. One thing that I don't think Bowtex got enough credit for is they really made their aluminum bows very lightweight this year. They, they cut down the weight a lot. I know, you know, some people aren't crazy about the polymer limb pockets that they have on, on the bows. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think I'd have to hear some failures to worry about it first, but I mean, they're making guns out of polymer now. So right. what, I, I don't think I'm that worried about it unless, you know, they've totally screwed up their polymer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. I love it. I mean, it's just, it's just fascinating. Uh, so while you're talking about that and, and talking about your getting ripped on the, the Matthew stuff, and it got me like thinking a little bit of how annoying sometimes when you put it, like when you, like for you, like AJ, like you have uh, a really good following, you have, you put out a lot of good content, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're getting there um, as far as like, you know, pictures and all that type of stuff. What's the one thing, man, that really just like, I know people, you got to have thick skin and no matter <laughs> like what you do, but like sometimes like, what's the one thing that like, you'll just shake your head on. And it could be anything like, like for instance, like I shook my head uh, the other day and this is kind of, it has nothing to do with someone ripping on us or ripping or, or anything like that. Like I felt bad for the guy cause I was in a, I'm in a prime group just because, you know, it's just you know, just a prime group on Facebook and somebody was like, Oh, or my Nexus, whatever. Uh, what do you guys think for arrow setup? And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, like, dude, you know, and like I looked at a couple, there was only like one comment. I actually didn't look at it, but there was like a couple of the likes or whatever. And there was more of like the laughing emoji on Facebook, for, like for that question, just cause the man, it's like a loaded question. I like, I feel, I almost feel bad for those type of individuals just because like, well, like, what were you shooting before? You know what I mean? Like, where are you going with now? It's like, I don't know. Like, what are the, what are some of the things that like kind of just make you shake your head either reading some of your things? Cause that Brandon McDonald, he puts out some funny, funny stuff of like what people say on his, uh, on his YouTube channel. Well, and Brandon's got a great page and I'm surprised he doesn't have more ridiculous stuff yeah. because 
he puts out i think his his content whether you agree with his positions or not and i've talked to brandon a good deal um and whether you agree with everything he says or not who cares his his <laughs> videos are some of the most entertaining i think of anybody putting out content funny, in man. the archery yeah. ecosystem but he does like do some clickbaity titles that you can tell right away someone went right to the comments section without watching any of the video yep um and for me, I don't think there's like one thing as the page, like as the page is growing, I'm having to accept that it's only going to get worse. And, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you can't, you shouldn't like pay attention to criticism from someone you sh- wouldn't take advice from. Right. I don't right. know who said that, but somebody recently, I heard that. And I was like, that's a good one. I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, so, so there's not one thing I think, you know, for me with the content stuff, what drives me crazy is like, the people that think that they should be catered to, you know, like there's a lot of people that want to tell you how you should have done your video to be like some other channel out there. And it's like, well, no, I'm not going to do like, I'm not going to be that guy that shoots three bows with three different arrows through a chronograph because Garrett Weaver's already doing that. He does a great job. Why am I going to rip him off doing that? Like, that's not what my channel is going to be. And for me, honestly, what's funny is I do not like making YouTube videos. Like I, I, I'm flattered when people compliment them. I think I've come a long way. My videos sucked not that long ago, um, but I don't like making them. I th- like I love shooting photography. I love taking photos because it doesn't take me out of what I'm doing. Like it's just for me, it's a part of hunting right. and going to the range. And like I shooting videos, you have to get different angles. You have to then I have to take time away from when I could be hanging out with my wife to edit those videos. Like it's a very time consuming process. Yeah, you got to tell so a story. People are like, yeah. Yeah, you got to tell a story you, and you have to and you have to think of you can't just like clip some, you could clip something together quick and some guys are really good at that. I'm not that guy. Um, but yeah, when people are like, oh, well, you know, you sh-, and then when they ask for something ridiculous, like you should have just done an accuracy test at 20 yards and that would have been a review, you know, and it's like, <laughs> well, bro, first off what are you shooting that 20 yards is going to tell you anything? Cause if you can't group at 20 yards, like we have more, we have more fish to fry for you, sir. Right, right. But um, yeah. so yeah, like people that think that they should just be catered to, like I tell people all the time and I think people think I'm like pissed off or something, but I tell people all the time, like if they write me a book on YouTube, like criticizing my video, I'm like, dude, you have time on your hands. You should create a channel. Yeah. Like, no, no, there's no barrier of entry here. Like you have a phone, obviously, or some sort of electronic device you can type on, like make your own content and you don't know where that could take you in a couple of years. Right. Yeah. And I think too, like what's, what's nice about the photos, like no one's commenting like shitty photo, man, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, like you do for the videos, like he could see that, but, uh, yeah, no one really bat, like they just don't like it. They just, well, won't. we've had a few on, on some of your photos. I yeah. mean, I mean, it was either downplaying an animal someone harvested or yeah. it was the product itself, but yeah. it wasn't the quality of the photo I would say, but right. I mean, you're still going to have those trolls out there no matter what you're, what you're, yeah. you're trying to do. So you just got to kind of, those <laughs> are just, just people that are jealous, I guess. Well, and I think too, is like, I, there's no excuse on Instagram. Like people forget common courtesy, right? Like if you were at a party and you saw someone do something dumb, like your buddy, you'd pull them to the side, right? Mm-hmm. You can do that on Instagram. Like I appreciate when someone hits me up like in DMs and is like, Hey man, just so you know, like 
you kind of screwed this up. Like I'm cool with that because like, it's like, Oh, I, I didn't realize I messed that up or right. I did, you know, like you learn from it. And then most of the time I become friends with that person and we, you know, yeah. we start talking back and forth and we develop a relationship, but like, yeah, just dumping on someone in the comment for some, like, I love when like companies drop new bows and like, there's always some troll from another company. Like, Oh, it won't be as fast as such and such, yeah. you know, it's like, dude, like, come on, oh, man. God. What are, what are you doing? That, yeah, that bothers me because it's kind of like, okay. So like I, I mentioned, and I don't know if that made the recording that like, I'm starting to do jujitsu now. Yeah. Right. So what I learned from that is there's always someone out there who can kick your ass. <laughs> right. Like, even if you're Conor McGregor, someone out there can kick your ass. And the same thing is true with hunting. It doesn't matter how much of a badass you are in your local yokel kind of thing. There's someone out there that's more of a killer than you are. Oh, and probably 100%. someone that none of us have ever heard of, right? Like, and not everybody can be, you know, those Aaron Snyders, those Levi Morgans. Like, those guys are the apex predators. And you should absolutely listen to those people before you listen to me. But right, like I, I'm very transparent with I'm just a dude that started taking pictures of stuff he was doing. And I got much better at taking photos than I did at archery in the same, you know, timeline. And like <laughs> so I'm transparent about like this is where I'm at. Like I think I'm I'm probably I'm a slightly above average shooter, but I'm probably I'm definitely better with a camera than I am with a bow. And like I'm not trying to pretend like I'm out here killing two hundred plus giants every year. You know, I'm just enjoying shooting a turkey in the face with my shotgun, you know, and then, you know, chasing whitetails in the fall. Like that's that's all it is. And I think as long as you're being real about it and also you got to give people some grace. Like if you're trying to create a page where you're working with companies and you're developing a relationship, it's like anything else. You're developing that relationship real time and you're trying to feel it out like. How, like I have buddies that are at Black Rifle Coffee and I tell them I'm like, dude, like I wish I could shout you guys out more. I haven't figured out a way to like incorporate that content to make it seem more authentic because like it always feels like a corny kind of post, even though I legitimately love the product. Right. right. I just haven't figured out how to make it like a social media sort of thing. You know, like right. I love the people, love the product, but like every time I do a caption, like it just feels forced, you know, like and, and but hopefully like people that know me long enough understand like, well, you know, if this dude's posting it, like he actually does like it. And that's when you kind of got to just like rest on your, your, the relationships you've built over time sort of deal. I think anyway, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, even to piggyback off the black rifle thing, uh, when we got my bow back from the shop, it was uh, Friday, that Saturday morning, I was up with my daughter first and I had the, uh, both brand, like the, uh, night rider. And then also the, uh, was it the power llama? Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. Band, and, dude. And, I laugh. every time I see <laughs> that logo. So I have, I have both of those. And then I had some more of the flying elk roast and I was like, Oh wait, that'd be cool. Like I just built this new little like wooden thing to take some photos on. I slapped it on the table here and I threw my bow. My bow was already on here cause I didn't have a case for it yet. Um, just cause mine was too small for it. I'm like, well, which coffee am I going to drink this morning? So I'm like, that's a pretty cool shot. Let me just throw them down on the coffee table and go. Like that was, you know, that, that like you said, it's just kind of wasn't forced. It was just an idea. And I slapped that one together. That was my thought process that morning. It was like, hey, I know a lot of people like Black Rifle Coffee and I know people like bows. So let's see if we could join this one together. And also you're going to shout out, like for me, the, the, I, I like working with companies. One, I don't want to do any sort of exclusivity stuff. Cause I just feel like that 
just for me, it's just not what I want right. to do. Like one, it's a gear page. If I'm hooked up with just one company that kind of puts blinders on, right? Like yep. I, I just don't, I want to avoid that as much as I possibly can, but also like, you're going to shout out your buddies. Like oh, even 100%. on your personal page, I see it all the time. Like people are eating at their friend's restaurant and they'll post like a, you know, a corny selfie. Like you're going to shout out your friends. Like, so you got to expect people in the industry to do the same thing. It, it is, it just is what it is. Yeah. Well, that's what I love doing this, you know, not as our main job, right? Because yeah. the people that we are working with and we're friends with are people we built relationships with and we just enjoy, you know, yeah. like a lot of the people we would just want to go to tack and shoot with, right? You know, when you do this mm -hmm. career, I mean, you, granted you're doing what you love and getting paid for it but then you got to kind of do that cheesy stuff that you normally wouldn't want to do right now for us i mean we just get to talk to the, the best people in the industry build those relationships with you know and have those friendships and, and that's what i really enjoy with this whole process of, you know and not making that you know cheesy stuff and and really just kind of backstabbing people that we yeah. just to try to get this sponsorship for we can get paid more money i mean that's the stuff that really gets the industry a bad rep. Yeah, no, and it, it's it's wholeheartedly. I mean, that's why AJ. That's why I really like like what you've been doing. You know what I mean? It's just so it's natural. It's like you said, you're not really pigeonholing yourself to just one company. Like you said, yes, PSE's been hooking you up and having fun with that, and and but at the same time, you're still putting out honest review videos of every other bow, and you're not just saying, hey, this is you know, PSC is still my favorite bow. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're just saying, Hey, I really like what prime's doing or, Hey, I really like what Hoyt's doing, but you know, this is why I'm shooting the, the PSE because I've shot the NXT. What'd you shoot the 30? Yeah. The 31. And that's also one of the things that I respect about PSC is they've never once told me, like, even if I've asked for feedback, because of course somebody sends you a bow, you're going to wonder what they think about the content right. you've made. I've gotten nothing from them, but like, Hey, good job. Like, you, can we use your photos and stuff? And that's it. They've never told me what to say, what not to say. And, and that goes for all of the companies I've, I've worked with or been affiliated with. And what Dimitri, what you said was spot on the, the one guy that I have come to like have a newfound respect for the longer that I'm in this quote unquote industry is without question, Cameron Haynes, because that dude does the same three things every single day. He is who he is. You're either on board or you're not. He's not chasing sponsors. Like companies are, they're either, they like what he's about and they want to be a part of it. But that dude is the hardest dude to get to change his bow setups, right? He's been running the same thing forever. And it, it just, it is what it is. And he's the biggest influencer, quote unquote, in the entire industry, right? He's got right. over a million followers. No one else comes close. Right. And he's doing the same three things. You can bet what's going to be on your Instagram feed from him every single day. Right. Right. Well, yeah. that's what I, I love the hunting public though, too. We give them a shout out. Yeah. How many yeah. industry and how many manufacturers are knocking at their door to be sponsored? And they're still wearing <laughs> camo pants from probably 1990 with holes in them. Right. And you know, every camo manufacturer probably would love to sponsor them. Look how many views yeah. they're getting on YouTube. And, and they said straight up, you know, if we don't believe in it and we're not going to do the sponsorship just to kind of put your product out there, you yeah. know, and well, and, and Zach's even, uh, like on their podcast, you know, he'll give first light a shout out, like, Hey, go check out the pants. Like I've worn these pants because they've been great, but like, it almost seems like they're, they're still select few of just certain items that, you know, that they might believe in or, or things like that, where, you know, 
you give them respect. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool to just see like like you like you said they're just hammering out and just wearing whatever or, or using whatever they're still using bear bows just because they love what Fred Bear stood for and I'm sure I'm sure they're getting from other companies. Which is cool. And I think like, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. right? Like if you want to rep your friend's brand or like whatever company you believe in, that's fine. Like I shoot Easton arrows. I know there are other arrow people have sent me arrows that are good quality arrows. And I'll honestly tell people when they ask me like, what these arrows are really good too. I shoot Easton's for this reason. And honestly, like I just like the people at that company and they gave me a chance before anybody. So like, I'm always in my mind indebted to them just for believing in me as you know a, a brand for a, a failure to think of another term right. you know before anybody else but like those are now my buddies over there right. you know and they have a great product so if you're throwing two great products at me i'm gonna go with the one that i i know the people and i believe the people behind it you know and on the on the flip side like a lot of people see what one of the things you asked like what bothers me it bothers me when people assume someone sold out for money because the the other end of the spectrum is there are people that aren't doing what we're doing where we're doing this as like a passion project that it is their work right and if you're presented with two opportunities that are equally good and one pays better if 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 it's your nine to five you're talking about you're going to go with the company that pays better right exactly and the same thing's true of anything in the hunting industry too If, if you have every manufacturer offering you a gig and they all have killer bows and one of them's giving you more opportunity. Like I'm sure what Dudley was presented with, with PSE, right? Like he has his own line of bows now and right. he's supplying every influencer that he can, you know, all of his friends with new bows, with custom colors and stuff. Like he wasn't able to do that before. Dude, I, I mean, like, to even go off of that, we had Isaac Jr. on, uh, Allman on Jr. on. And I mean, he talked about how they, he sent I those. I that guy. Yeah, I know. It was a good, he's freaking awesome. But they, him, they, him, and, him and his dad, like yep. I will, I will like, go to bat for those guys, like drop of a hat, the two greatest people in the entire industry. Like call me any time of the night. I will do whatever you guys need. Like just salt of the earth people. That's awesome. Well, he was just telling us about the, uh, the knock on like embark, uh, custom like mocha color ones. I don't, I'm sure you saw him like doing those up, but but man, like that's just awesome. Like you Dudley Mm. gets shit on by a ton of people, obviously. And, you know, and, and some people obviously love him to death. Well, you know, go to the ends of the world. It seems like for him, I was joking, say if he shit in a can and said, this is the next deer lore, people will buy it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just cool though, to see like the, what he does to give back to the veterans and, and just, you know, again, it's free education. And I think in, in the end, I know to me, that just seems like what a lot of people in the industry are just kind of mad about. Like, it's just that he does it for free. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I, I could be totally in left field off the map on that one. And, you know, I know ego might be part of that as well, but at the same time, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. I think it seems like a lot of that's coming from kind of the target side. I think, you know, from what I've heard is there are some guys in the target side that think he plays up his target resume a little more than it might actually stack up to some of the the guys out there. But I, I agree with you. I think the amount of education, like, you if there's a modern day route mount rushmore of archery he's got to be on it oh, yeah. you know at least for the last 10 years he's easily done more to improve the overall like shooting ability 
of the average archer probably more than they even realize than anybody else in the industry. Like there's yeah. just, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like there's a lot of guys making good content, but he was the first guy making and putting out that type of content. And you got to give that dude credit where it's due. And he deserves all the, the success that he is now enjoying. So uh, I'll give that guy a healthy dose of leeway with anything he does just because just out of respect. So oh, yeah. nobody's going to be perfect over a long enough timeline. I'm sure he's, you know, piss somebody off along the line. I'm sure I'll piss somebody off, <laughs> yep. you know, over a long enough timeline. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, talking about the hunting public, I think you need to give them some uh, turkey tips. They're struggling a little bit down there in Florida and you got it <laughs> done in the first morning. Yeah, dude. Man, turkey. I, so I don't, I don't talk about turkey hunting and I probably should. Honestly, like if you told me you get, you could have opening day of anything, for the rest of your life, I would take opening day of turkey season. Like I love opening day of turkey season. Obviously, like the bow and arrow is my life. I shoot my bow like almost every day. But loading a, a shell into a shotgun and that that click click and you know just chasing after birds and calling to them and you're playing this dumb game of you're basically catfishing these poor toms. It's just so much fun. Like yep. it's so much fun. And uh, I think I got totally lucky. I just, uh, my, we were on a buddy's property this year. My buddy's dad told me like, Hey, like go to this area. It was an area that I had known. I set up just behind a kind of like a fence line in just in the tree line, like in the shade of like a palmetto tree. And uh, first, you know, as soon as things started chirping off, I had hens around me and then Tom's in the distance. So I was just trying to not screw up the area, just light calling. But I mean, the, the picnic was made. I just had to show up kind of deal. Like <laughs> nice. the, once the Toms came in, I just, I had a 20 gauge. So I had, I ended up like belly crawling a little closer. Um, and I, I got lucky. I, I got two BBs in the neck of my bird, but it was, uh, I love turkey hunting, man. I'm going to upgrade my shotgun for next year though, for sure. He and I were joking. That's how, like when we were saying about bringing you on and, uh, I was like, yeah, it was like the first day when he shot his turkey. I'm like, he posted, I, you know, roosting up. And then I said, like, it seemed like 20 minutes later, you're like, boom, there it is. <laughs> well, I was, so I was, when I posted that photo, like right after that, I was on the phone with my dad, like just telling him like, what's going on in the morning, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, there's a hen over there. He's like, get off the phone. I'm like, all right, all right. Like, I'll, I'll get off the phone. I get off the phone and I send him the same picture, like 10, 15 minutes later. He's like, that was quick. I was like, I mean, it was good luck. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like the less I worry, the better I do at this whole hunting thing. So maybe I just need to start having more fun i don't know yeah no that's funny man but you know you're talking about upgrading your your shotgun for next year um it's funny because he and i Demetri, and i were talking just the other day because i still use a 20 gauge uh just because you know i i haven't had the opportunity to hunt turkey a lot with coaching baseball over the last couple of years and it's just it's actually uh, it's, I think it's even a youth gun that I had when I was a kid, um, that you're just able to grow with it, like add some extra stuff to it. But, um, it's a Mossberg, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's the one I'm using. And I said, I've, I've read a ton of more articles recently where there, a lot of people are going to that 410 core just because it's lighter, you know, the kickback isn't as crazy and, you know, you use these new different chokes and, uh, TSS, you know, shotgun, uh, shells like they're like we could still kill a turkey out at 45 yards with that with those things so it's like you know i don't know um I, yeah. I, it's like you know <laughs> if you want to be big dick swinging out there with a 12 gauge go for it yes <laughs> yeah. i do yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, you never you know. Can kill, you could kill a 200-inch whitetail with a field tip, too. None of us are doing that. Right, that's right. right. Yep. <laughs> no. I guess that's whatever preference. Again, I guess you could talk about shotguns the same way you do bows, what what people want and, you know, what the experience they want, too. So, you know, I'm going with the – I have actually a Mossberg, and I shoot three and a halves out of mine, but I only have a 20-inch barrel just because back when I was in college, that's all I could afford was this cheaper gun. And uh, But, I mean, it's it's nice to carry around in the woods, but, boy, does it pack a punch when you're shooting a three and a half out of it. I was going to say, I'm sure it does. <laughs> but last year, I, I mean, I shot my bird at 44 yards. And I mean, I still don't I'm know still how you shot. You should, <laughs> AJ, you should have seen this mess of a day. I mean, first off, it was like 12 degrees. And, and, and we had snow on the ground snow on at the, the ground. end of April. It was just, it was just nuts. It was so cold. And then we, we got on some birds and, uh, we actually saw them like mm-hmm. from a distance and we got set up and we we're calling and calling and calling. And I remember I got situated on a tree, like 15 yards behind him. He, he put out a decoy and I didn't hear anything like not like no calling was going on. And all of a sudden he just heard, bang. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, like, and he gets up running and he just see the feathers flopping and then boom, the, the turkey was done. Next thing you know, or it's, uh, we heard another one gobble though on the shot and we after we took care of his bird real quick when we did a quick interview on the camera we got set up on that bird and we never saw saw anything but it was it was funny though it's just <laughs> i just won't forget like i got to his house i hop in his dad's truck with the two of them and his dad goes you would think we're getting ready for the rut it was like 12 <laughs> degrees and uh we're walking on this old road and walking through and we heard a couple birds that morning and i just remember my hands were i'm like holy cow like it's just freezing out like what is going on like snow it started snowing and yeah cool morning though yeah we're the snowbird awesome. i call it the snowbird yeah i don't envy those you you always get that one last cold snap and snow in uh like end of march early april in the northeast i don't miss that anymore yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting it right now actually because on because I had baseball tryouts on Monday outside, which was like in the low 50s, I think it was, and we were fine. I gave them off Tuesday, Wednesday, just because it was my wife's birthday, and uh, they threw on Monday, so I figured pitchers could throw Friday just to give their arm a little bit of a break. But Thursday, Friday was in the 60s, and then today was in like the past two days, it's been in the 40s, and tomorrow it's going to be 41, and Tuesday it could be 33 with some snow and sleet. It's like, come on. And then the following week, we're back in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's where we're yeah, at. Yeah, right we, we, that was the same thing. Growing up in high school, I, I didn't ever get to go turkey hunting because we have lacrosse. Yeah. And then uh, in college, we just, you know, we didn't have shotguns or places to go. Um, but then, yeah, the last couple of years, it's, it's been so much fun. We have a great time. And it's a good hunt to take people out on that, yeah. like, maybe haven't been before because, like, you're calling, you're, you can move around, there's stuff going on. You know, it, it's uh, it's a good hunt to take people out on. No, you're right. I like what you said, though, because mm-hmm. when you think about whitetail, you're like, sit here. You know, obviously, if you know, like, you're usually trying to sit there in one spot, like, during the rut, like, you're not really moving unless you see deer. Do you move deer? You know, you're moving with them. But um, for turkey, man, you're going where the call is. And then if you know they're hung up, you might be crawling or moving to a different spot because you hear it, it went the other way. You know what I mean? And uh, that's one thing I, I really enjoyed last year when – uh, if I went during the week because of COVID, we were shut down and he was at work. I just remember I'd go to our one little area and just be getting light and just hear that bird just 
pop, 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 I'm popping off. And it's just like, I was like, all right, this is a good day. You know, even I didn't get a chance to fill a turkey tag, but it was just fun to get out there and chase them for the first time in a while. So I'm looking forward to, to this season just because I told him, uh, baseball season got kind of, it's restricted a little bit. We're just doing conference games. So no weekends uh, other than like April 3rd. So, and, uh, that's our season doesn't even start until freaking May basically. So it's nuts. What, uh, what's your guys preferred Turkey call? What, what type of calls are you guys running? Uh, so I, I normally like a slate call. That's kind of what I grew up using. Uh, I never was too, uh, good at a mouth call, but I've, I've recently, uh, done a lot of practice and gotten better with that. So kind of running the honey hole game calls, mouth calls. So they've been, that's what I called in my bird last year. So, yeah, yeah, no. And it's actually pretty cool. Um, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, from me getting into it basically last year for after the years, it's slate is kind of like dummy proof, you know, it's just so easy to purr. Um, I kind of run that like combo because I can't purr with a mouth call, but I could purr with the slate really easily. Um, so I'll almost like do the purring and maybe some cuts with the slate and then I could do some good and the <laughs> nice old mouth call. But, uh, yeah, man, it's funny because, uh, our buddies, uh, we have Andrew Mills. He runs honey hole game calls. He's just right down the road. He's a police officer, um, makes the calls in his, in his basement and, uh, has some pre, he actually has a contest that he's running, uh, right now. So kind of shameless plug for him. Uh, he has, uh, uh exhibition donated a bow for him to use um oh nice yeah we we donated a onyx elite membership uh and a shirt and a hat um our buddy dan uh has an app called trophy tracks so it's like a log uh base app which is kind of cool and good guy again mm -hmm. lo local individual that just loves hunting and into technology a little bit created an app so he donated some stuff and another gentleman i think from Georgia with a podcast donated some stuff. And then obviously a or uh, Andrews donated tons of different mouth calls and glass calls and slate calls and stuff like that. So yeah, you should enter because you already got a bird down. So I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I already, I just followed him <laughs> yep. on Instagram. Yeah. So, he's, he's yeah a good I'm guy. always, I, uh, I got hooked on doing the whole mouth tab thing. I think I talked to too many Australians and those guys like do all their calls with like no tabs or anything. Yep. So I, I was like, all right, I want to like, I, I did, I've been doing just mouth tab stuff and then I'll do like the, the owl hoot in the morning. Yep. Um, but yeah, I've just got like a little, little candy jar bag full of just different calls that I'll pull out and try different ones. Yep. That's cool. We, we actually, the guy who, who does, uh, who did the mount that's behind me, Justin Schaefer, he lives down uh, on the other side, uh, where actually kind of like we're south of where I work. Um, he does all his calling just with his mouth. It's phenomenal. Like just to hear him do it, it's actually really, really neat. So he grew up, he raised deer, I think as a, as a young kid, he worked on a farm every single day. Um, he goes out West for the last couple of years and, um, just a really fascinating individual. Justin's a good guy, but yeah, it, it's, it's funny. Cause I think last year I put out a post or something on the story, like what's your preferred call, like slate or mouth. And he was like my own mouth with no calls and, you know, and, <laughs> It's pretty neat, though, what he does. Anytime you see a hunting video and someone's just calling with just their own mouth, you're like, oh, this dude slays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, when you were talking about that, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. This would be the last rabbit hole we go down was there's a guy that lives legit 12 minutes down the road uh, contacted me because I think I was selling my, oh, shoot, uh, out on the limb sticks. 
because you know i just didn't like the moving parts on them so i was selling them and he's like hey i see you like you're from you know phillipsburg and i was like yeah and he's like well i just live you know two minutes down the road it's like oh wow and he's like yeah and i he's like here's some like photos he's sending me just shit that he's killed and i'm like dude like what are you <laughs> like what and i'm like do you want to come on the podcast just to talk about it? he's like no nah, i'm not into that stuff and like just a straight up like he has like what's behind me here and like what you have is just like just covered then he has lynxes then he has bears and turkeys <laughs> and like he's showing me all these pictures and uh it's pretty fascinating like what he has just again like you said just straight up killer like he's the dude i'm listening to and we've always talked about dude we're no friggin' experts like you will hear us talk about it we just man that's where i love like we love hunting we love gear and we're just kind of meshing all that stuff together but you know there's hundreds and hundreds of people that you should listen to we just try to get out try to put that information out from those from those individuals you know what i mean there are guys that have broken down everything from packing their bags to like the cooking of the final game yep. to an absolute art form like yep. every little thing in between and it's just it's just there's endless rabbit holes to go down with yep. all of this stuff and every game type and i think that's what's so awesome about it and i love that about social media is like we get to connect with some of these people but there's so much more out there that we probably don't realize like the dude that you're talking about yeah right like how many of dude, those guys killer. are out there yeah that we just don't know about and how many stories do they have that like we haven't i i like i, I want to like my that's my next mission is like find those guys yeah you know like i remember we uh we did a trip a couple years ago uh, my sister lives over in switzerland my brother-in-law is swiss and uh everybody they live in this small little mountain town and pretty much everybody had an ibex they call him a Steibuck over there that an Ibe Ibex head out their front door. Right. And that was like, you get to hunt, you draw tags for that and you can do like one a year and they have a lot of like regulations. You can only use rifles out there and you have to be within 200 yards, like all this stuff. But I remember talking to this dude that was, I mean, this, this guy was in his late eighties and he like, he walked with a limp and he told me like the story and he got the limp on this Ibex hunt and he was with his brother and like, I just remember like, like I was just like fascinated. And it yeah. was one of those posts that got like 50 likes. Like I, I tried to, to do my best to recap it. But for me, like that was the coolest part of like yep. my year. It was just like listening to this guy That's cool. recap being on a mountain with his brother hunting this Ibex and how there was like a rock slide and how he like still has the limp, but like wouldn't trade it. And now that Ibex is out of his front door, like all that stuff. Like it, it, I, that to me is hunting, yep. you know, like all of that little stuff is there, there's so many little things and experiences and it's so much more vivid than so many of the other things we do in life. Like I can tell you every little detail of my stupid Turkey hunt that lasted maybe three hours. Right. <laughs> yep. I couldn't tell you most of the things I did at work from Monday to Friday. Yep. <laughs> it just yep. wouldn't, it's not sticking. Yep. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. I know we, what we want to do is, um, we want to have the uh, senior and junior come on from uh, with Isaac and uh, the Alamans. We're going to have junior and senior come on a time. And I would love to have you on again with them just because we pitched that one to junior and he was like, hell yeah, let's do it and uh, have fun. Cause that's something that we're going to try to do is kind of bring, obviously we love the one-on-one, -on -one, but I want to bring more people on that are, that know each other just because man, like I would love to kind of sit back and just watch, and listen to 
kind of like the conversation that you guys could have, you know what I mean? And, and like kind of poke bears a little bit and have fun with it. So, um, yeah. And we're all about creating discussion, right? And and it doesn't matter if you have a different opinion than what I have and we can kind of just talk that through. Right. And, and maybe someone will pick up on something that maybe they can use. And, and so it doesn't have to always be just what you think Think. and what you believe in. So, so yeah, man, if you're interested in that, let me know. We'll definitely do that one again. Oh, 100%. I just, I talked to Isaac the other day. So yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love that. I, you don't need to get much to get Isaac to start poking the bear. Yeah. So <laughs> good deal, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on again and, uh, hopping on kind of like right at the last minute. Just so, like I said, we're, we're going to just hang out and talk, shoot the shit. And we're like, let's get an AJ on. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you brother. And, uh, you know, obviously where can people find you and YouTube and all your Instagram stuff? Yeah, so Knights of the Apex, that's Knights with a K um, on Instagram and YouTube, and then knightsoftheapex.com if uh, you want to check out those thumb pegs. Yeah, definitely check them out if you shoot, if you're able to switch out that thumb peg, because I'm telling you, it, it is nice. It's definitely a, a nice little uh, thing that you have going on, and I'm, and I'm pumped for you that, that you uh, came out with it. So give AJ a follow, and until next time, everybody, antler up. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. AJ, thanks again for coming on. Make sure you guys and girls go check him out over at Knights of the Apex. Does some killer things on his social media page. Great videos like we talked about. Uh, Just a good dude. Love having him on. Love having him as a friend. And uh, so appreciate him so much for coming on. And hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And before we get out, make sure you're going on Honey Hole Game Calls. Check that out here in Pennsylvania, right here in our backyard. Good friend, uh, policeman Andrew Mills and two other buddies are the owners of that. They have a great contest going on. We donated uh, an Onyx Elite membership, a hat, a shirt. They have a bow from Exhibition. Just some really cool things going on. Obviously, some turkey calls. So go ahead over, give them a follow, enter the pod, uh, the, the contest, and uh, check that out. And also, before we get going, I uh, also just want to thank our partners, too, over at America's Best Bowst- America's Best Bowstrings. Great products and uh, great people over there. Love my strings. Dimitri loves his. Mike lo- loves his. And, man, I these uh, Antler Up Edition, if you're liking what you're seeing, go ask and call them. Give them a call, and Brian will get you hooked up with the Antler Up Edition. And uh, also Tethered, like I mentioned to you guys a, w- a couple weeks ago, we have the Teach and Train Tour coming up May 15th out in clover leaf archery club it's going to be an awesome day we have some uh uh saddles and a bunch of things that you could get into and try it out for the first time or just get a chance to get into a tethered so check them out uh over at tethernation.com and see you there if you have any questions hit me up again everybody thank you so much for the support check out antlerupoutdoors.com check out our instagram our youtube appreciate the love and support and until next time antler up